0: you ready freddie always always and forever okay and no i think it happened (laughs) no it didn't okay whatever i don't know i don't know (laughs) i don't know how it works love that love that for us yeah me too (laughs) welcome hi (laughs) Oh my god, I didn't I didn't see you there. <laughs> what are you doing in my house? Get out of here. It's private property.
1: <laughs> Go we're ahead. Just, just waiting for, I'm just settling. I'm getting Oh, you're waiting for the variation. It's a, a very serious matter okay. before. All right, let's take a moment. <laughs> Come on Great time to get the giggles. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. To this little podcast called Unseen Must Sees, where myself, Kendra Timmons, and myself, Allison Busner, (laughs) watch all of the movies that we've never seen before that everyone else wants us to watch. Mm -hmm. And I would go beyond that. I would say more than just wanting us to watch it, they are pissed off and personally offended that we haven't watched them in some cases. Enthusiastic. Enthusiasm cashing out if they feel it in their loins. Yeah, the nice way of saying that. So here we are. We have watched we have watched a movie this week. And if you tuned into the last episode, you know that we watched the movie Moonlight, which is an Oscar-winning film that was released in 2016. So probably the most contemporary movie that we've watched so far. Which is kind of cool. And so just in case you missed it, we'll do a quick recap. This movie was about a young African-American man who grapples with his identity and sexuality while experiencing the everyday struggles of childhood, adolescence, and burgeoning adulthood. So very much an
0: actor's movie. Oh yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. It was a master class. That's what we watched. That was yes. a... A lot of things were good. A lot of things were good. In a lot of the films, a lot of things were really good. But it's interesting to watch this right behind Singing in the Rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super different. Yes. <laughs> and Singing in the Rain, we kind of discussed how like the forefront was dancing. Dancing, singing, and acting was last. Acting was first here, big time. I think it really stood out. The chops on these actors was phenomenal. Insane. Shivers. I cr- I fully cried, couldn't watch at certain points because I just felt so just connected so much to these characters, the three parts of it and you having, you know, this one character evolve or actually all of the characters evolve through these three acts, but my gosh, no one slacked. The kids didn't slacked. That's rare. Kendra, you know as like yeah, a child Yeah, I was gonna actor. say, I,
1: I think to me, the I have seen stronger child actors, but they were still very strong.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I've seen stronger child actors, but it's so, so rare to find a really strong child actor to be completely Completely honest a lot of the time they cut the kids out because the kids and and you know to be fair there were some moments where i saw the kid go okay now i need to react Mm -hmm. or okay now put your head down and shake and be like oh dang it you know what i mean there were those moments with those kid actors but there were so many vulnerable moments with those kids too vulnerable and authentic moments with them which is very rare I find a lot of the time kids are so tense around a camera I didn't feel that with them at all I feel like if you're gonna watch this movie at all never mind the story the story in itself is phenomenal and really gives you kind of a window into a world that you and I are not privy to whatsoever so if you want to watch it besides that besides that we have these kids that kind of (laughs) I felt like they mopped the floor a little bit. They were very, very good. I was very impressed. For kid actors, I was extremely impressed. The only other kid actor that I can think was like the as good was, I think it was, um, she's an adult now. There was a film with, people are going to be screaming when they listen to this. There was a film with Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal and Natalie Portman. I can't remember the name at the moment. It's really okay. bad. But Toby McGuire came home from war, and he has two daughters with Natalie Portman. Oh, I just I need to look it up now. Now I'm gonna Go shoot it. myself in the foot. No,
1: I'm curious as well.
0: Yeah, it's rare sometimes when a scene from a film kind of sticks with you so intensely, and the one scene that sticks from the film from this movie is with this child actor. Brothers. There you go. Mm. Would I say it's like a fantastic film? I didn't love it, but I remember there's this one scene with this child actor, and I can't remember the character's name. I'm going to assume her name was Isabel. Bailey Madison, I think, is. She's the, great. The, yeah. So she's holding this balloon. Toby Maguire is like, stop. Stop it. Stop Stop touching the balloon. And then he snaps. And she looks up. And she just is fully in tears. And she goes, why did you come home? We don't want you here. I remember being like a... Because t- I think it was like 2009. Yeah. So I was like 19 when I saw it. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm not even that good. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> that good as a kid. That's always a humbling. Kid, I know. I felt like these kids were... We're really good at what they did.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. I think just slightly under. Like you said, there were a couple moments where I noticed yeah. that there was a bit of distraction or a bit of out of their out of their element. And that might just also be because the old actors playing the older versions of them were so good. You know, like if those kids had been in your average film, yeah. I might feel differently, but I think when I have to like stack them up in my personal opinion when they were younger is the time where I was the least impressed. Not to say that it wasn't still impressive. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, every every person the casting in this was fantastic. The fact that the lead character Little Chiron. and then Chiron, yeah, and then Black, because they're playing the same person, physically those people looked alike yes and they also did the same mannerisms they fully they fully felt like the same person yeah it made you wonder what parts they filmed first I was thinking like did they you know intertwine moments or did they you know film a block film a block film a block it was so fascinating to me and even the Kevin character especially the kids the teenager I felt like that could have just been filmed years later those kids seemed exactly the same to me. They were so, so good. They were so good. The casting was amazing. Yeah, casting really hit it out of the park. Seriously. Because it's hard to do. Yes. It is so hard to do. We see it kind of all the time where you want to cast a younger version so you get a kid who's trying to act like the old and it just doesn't, the connection just doesn't happen and this was seamless. Seamless. And the only reason why we know to look for that kind of stuff or even to think about it is because (laughs) we're actors and we've been part of the casting process so much.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting that it does make such a difference because there, again, flashback is a thing that is used through a multitude of different storytelling mediums Mm -hmm. because it's effective. Like, it's cool to see who someone was versus who they are now. Mm -hmm. And when it is done well, the difference is incredible. And there are lots of shows who have nailed it. And other shows where they took no consideration at all. They were just like, oh, yeah, they're kind of, I don't know, similar-ish. And you watch it and you're like, that person wouldn't grow into that person. And Mm -hmm. they've already lost me so i think that to have pulled it off so almost effortlessly mhm and it was interesting that some characters were different actors and others weren't. That was cool, too.
0: Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, the typical thing that they'll do to age someone up or, or use someone down is give them bangs. They always <laughs> give someone bangs or, or give them a different kind of wig or whatever for when they're younger. And Paula and Naomi Harris, when they aged her up, the thing that I found so interesting about aging her up was they aged her teeth and they eventually aged her gray, but to age her teeth because she was a crystal meth user made so much sense and it was so smart and it was refreshing that it wasn't i found this film didn't chew our food for us you got introduced to a character and you got introduced to a character in an environment and you just knew there was no question if you questioned what was happening that was on you that wasn't on them they were explaining it enough that they needed to like when we first got introduced to her she was in scrubs so she was a nurse or someone who worked in like a hospital environment yeah and when she pulled him into the house the second time we meet her we knew something was up and then yeah. she grabbed we don't even know what she grabbed but we knew she grabbed stuff and she went into the bedroom by herself or with that man that she yes. was with and and so there was no need to over explain anything in this film whatsoever and I want to see more films like that personally yeah it's really cool it just shows how good the script was yeah
1: they didn't pull any punches there was nothing left in there that didn't need to be in there no. Like a lot of faults that we had with the old movies where it's like, oh my gosh, why is this, how did this make the edit? We don't need it. There was none of that in this movie. Mm -hmm. Everything was really purposeful.
0: Yeah. There was no additional characters that we didn't need. There was no, you know, additional lines that we didn't need. The fact that the lead character didn't really talk much was kind of amazing. Yeah. You could tell like struggling to express himself was part of his characteristics So he kept very much to himself. It was also a film that I found to be the meaning of this. When we, So I was thinking about the musties (laughs) while I was watching this, right? Because I was thinking about the categories that we go through. So the brain, the script, whatever, all those things that we've created. I was thinking about the message. And the message of this film was the cycle of all of us. And I'm not going to include you and me, but the cycle of, you know, the problem in society he yeah. started off here this man came to try to help him unfortunately pass away which also i'm so glad that we didn't see him mm-hmm. pass away you that we just it. act two showed up and we just knew he wasn't there anymore yeah and it was because of this vicious cycle that these people were are unfortunately born into yeah. and then you know full circle act three he's exactly where that man was where juan was yeah. and i just was thinking about there's a, there's this youtube channel called soft White underbelly it's about people who live in Skid Row, but this famous photographer, his name is Mark, he travels North America and he interviews and gets to know a bunch of people in different circumstances in this really cool kind of just documentary style type of way, so I watch a lot of those documentaries and watching that reminded me that we as like a society and government, I feel like we're putting our money in the wrong place. Imagine if we took all the money and just put it into that kid little, when he was little, if we just took all of our government money and just put it into those kids, how different that kid's life would have been. I just feel like, I don't have all the answers, but I just felt like it was really obvious that, like, it obviously has to start with the kids. That's what I got from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that it's it's
1: it's really important to invest money in places that make more sense and listen to the people who are educated on the subject. Because that's yeah. the other thing, too, is that, like, all the time you even see, like, fundraisers where they're like, we're going to put the money towards this community center and we've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on the event itself. Yeah. The moment for me is when you saw the turn in Chiron's life where he gets the shit beaten out of him by a friend.
0: <sighs> and...
1: Is sitting in the counselor's office where she's like, well, you got to press charges. And he's going, if I press charges, this is going to get worse. Like, yeah. you aren't understanding what my problem is. Yeah. And you saw that turn in him where he fully broke and went and just broke a chair over the back of his bully because to him, that was it. And from that moment on, he hardened and something changed. hmm You're 100% right. If he as a kid had been taught in school about sexuality and feelings, how to express yourself and all of those things that, like, we're even seeing it now with a bunch of states trying to ban the word gay from the vocabulary of children. And there's another one coming out where they're trying to ban kids from being able to go to to drag shows. Like, just things where it's like, I don't know, it's just so obvious to me that what needs to happen is that, like, we need to be better educated about how to be empathetic to one another. Mm -hmm. And, like, what the world has
0: to offer and just put more money into education in general yeah that's a huge one i also wasn't upset at his bully at being his bully i kind of was just like you guys are all in the same environment and the oppressed will oppress it just happens it's just historic it, it happens and yeah and it's beyond the kids
1: and it's also two things like just very much so it is important to start at the kids but it's also about you know getting help for drug addiction is having resources where people counselors can come in yeah where it's having clinics where people can safely use needles mm-hmm. that aren't dirty that aren't like protecting people who are going through things again with empathy versus this corporal punishment idea we have where it's like oh if you just punish them for doing it that yeah. is going to solve the problem, no. and you're. Right. It's it's a hundred percent mental health at its core as well. We've
0: been in this war on drugs for how many years? Since the eighties? Has it been the eighties? I think something yeah, like that.
1: Ronald Reagan was in charge.
0: We're losing. If they're in a war, it's lost. Okay, let's let's white flag and try let's something. Let's try else. something else. Yeah. Honestly, in Act Three, when his mom was still there, I was shocked. Yeah. Because she had two options: getting clean or dying. That's what that's what her options were.
1: And again, that lack of exposition where it was like there was no communication that she had gone gotten help, except for the fact that he had a visitor sticker on his shirt. Yeah. So you knew, in some way or another, he was visiting a facility that she presumably was in. Like it was really wonderfully subtle yeah. storytelling.
0: Yeah, but you know, it was a—it's a film that makes you think about a lot of things. Some people, I can obviously being too triggered by this in addiction is huge conversation of this, and mm-hmm. I could see a lot of people watching this and not wanting to see it for that reason itself. Also, feeling like they need to. You know, stay in the closet for X, Y, and Z, whether it's because of their community, whatever, that's a big part of the story too. It's rough.
1: It's rough. Yeah. It yeah. really confronted a lot of issues. Yeah. It forced you to think about them.
0: Yeah. And to think that one person lived a life dealing with all of it and it was realistic. Sometimes you watch films and you're like, it can't get worse, man. Like, how are bad things continually happening to you? The thing that I found with this film is little, when he was little, had moments of of luck like meeting Juan was lucky he was able to have a father figure and kind of see what good morals and a nice household looks like he got to learn to swim. He got to learn to swim. Oh my gosh, yeah, I cried so much during scene. that part. I know. I was so wary of Juan at the beginning, but then you can tell that he had experienced what Little had experienced and he wanted to do something different about it. And to be beat up by like, not just your friend, your one friend, but also like your love. Yeah. He loved him, wanted to be with him. Yeah. And they had like, you know, their first sexual experience together. It's like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot wrapped up into this film, and I think
1: that even goes back to the acting performances. Like you were saying, when when Juan showed up, I remember feeling the same way when I first saw the movie, where it was like, ooh, red flag, what is this grown adult man doing speaking to a child like I don't like it I'm very uncomfortable but I think he in his performance towed that line the idea of it I knew was a red flag but in his performance it was so empathetic and caring that I was like no it's not he won me over to his side Mm -hmm. and that interaction with also with Juan and Paula, his mom, Mm -hmm. where they first see each other, and you know that they know each other, and you're not exactly sure how, and then it evolves into that conversation about, yeah, you want to help my son, you want to raise my son, but, like, you're still going to sell me the drugs,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and how these issues are complicated. Yeah. Yeah. They're beyond complicated. Like, we can sit here all day and talk about it with each other, but it is so beyond us and so complicated and so deeply ingrained in society that it was wonderful to see a movie confront those things and make you ask those questions.
0: You know, a TV show that reminds me of this a little bit is Euphoria. I know you haven't really watched Euphoria, but there are moments in Euphoria that are just so rooted and grounded and natural, and you just watch and you're kind of like, oh my gosh these people are like burying their souls that's how it felt watching this whole film it just felt like everyone was just burying their souls and giving us the most honest film that they could and that's what I got I got an I true yeah. honesty and also I was like dude it's really hard to learn how to swim never mind in the ocean but like yeah. <laughs> good for yeah. you like there was a lot of moments where I was like <laughs> And you know that he actually learned how to swim. He didn't know how to swim.
1: I, you know what? I kind of believe that. Because I was even watching him be like, do this with your arms. And he was just like going for it in this weird way where I was like, I don't think
0: he actually yeah. knows how to swim. He didn't want to put his head back. You know, like, put your head back. Trust me. Put your head back. It It's so natural for us as people to not want to put our head down. That's why that moment, sorry, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that moment was so sweet because the yeah. trust you need in another person and you can tell that there he just didn't have that trust for anybody no and to like you know do something as vulnerable as swimming was like wow A big deal. Yeah, big deal. It was really amazing. It was a good movie. I really don't see anything (laughs) wrong with this movie, to be completely honest.
1: And like you said, like everyone put their heart and soul into it and that goes beyond acting. It goes beyond directing. Like I would argue it was some of the most beautiful cinematography we've seen so far Mm -hmm. where it was just like, I thought it was so cool. I had the opportunity, I think I mentioned it in the last episode where I had seen this movie already because 2016 was a year that I decided I was going to watch all the Oscar movies. I go in and out of that desire so it was really cool to watch it a second time and focus on the things that I may not have gotten in the theater because sometimes you are really focused on trying to zone in on the story or pick something out that you find comfort in that you kind of like miss the things that are going around outside it and for me this time it was the cinematography where I was like it's it was so cool the choices that were made with the camera work to have chaotic moments the camera's circling Mm -hmm. and it feels very movement but then when they're at peace and just talking the camera is very still and like there were choices as well with the lighting where it was like in his home when he was there with his mom or when he was there by himself the lighting was very dark and very dim and the lighting when he was at school was like overexposed and way too bright to kind of show that he was not comfortable in either environment but the moment that he was settled in with Teresa and Juan those colors were like bright and calming and peaceful like there's one note I wrote in particular when he's got his arm out the window and is like moving it with the movement of the car and you see the clouds reflected in like the bright blue of the cart like it was just beautiful and peaceful Mm -hmm. and it was really cool watching that a second time and seeing there was not a frame of this film that was not thought out
0: yeah this is the year of the oscars where they said the wrong person right yeah they announced that la la land had
1: won but the presenter had the wrong envelope because emma stone had just won for best actress Uh, and so he had the wrong envelope in his hand because you can see it if you go back and look he has the envelope and he kind of opens it and he's confused because it says Emma Stone but the movie says La La Land underneath so he just was like oh I guess this must be it and then ends up eventually saying La La Land and it was a really conflicting moment like I watched the Oscars that year and I I can't speak to what actually happened obviously but when they announced it and everyone went on stage and they were making they were so excited they are making their acceptance speeches and someone is running around because someone knows it's wrong and as they're trying to figure out what's happening there's obvious chaos going around a lot of those filmmakers continue to make their speeches oh no until someone at all yeah until someone stepped in and was like no no there's been a mistake the wrong movie was announced moonlight you won get up here and passed it off and it was really unfortunate for that to happen because then that's what the news cycle was it wasn't yeah. the fact that this was the first film that featured I think almost exclusively black actors
0: mm-hmm. there was white background but not any white yeah and i think
1: also the first film to win for a storyline that mainly featured someone who was gay oh really yeah that should have been like there there have been many people who have won best actor for portraying someone who is gay but in terms of like best film Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i think it was the first if not one of the first and that's what the news story should have been about but instead it was oh blunder on stage and who's at fault and, and and all of those things which was really unfortunate because yeah. in my opinion, this movie was significantly better than La La Land.
0: I haven't seen so, La La Land. Um, also beautiful. Really,
1: really good performances. Really entertaining. Really relatable as an actor. But in terms of, like, Oscar-worthy, this this film that year was, was that. So it was nice to kind of see that happen. Because, again, in a really opinionated world, there's a lot of times where films win Oscars where I'm like, oh, really? That doesn't make sense to me. But that's me, so... Yeah, a real switch from singing. Yes. They yes. They had no problems.
0: No, they had None. nothing. None. Oh, you can't be a star to the same extent for five seconds? Literally? <laughs> switch? No, everything's going to be fine. We've exposed the evil person. And now it's oh, like, yeah. which one of you is the evil person? Let's identify you so we could protect this beautiful young man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so intense. But, like, will I watch it every weekend? No, I will not because it's too much. But will I watch I'm Singing Teddy. in the Rain maybe every weekend? Probably.
1: Yeah, to lift lift you out of it. Yeah. Maybe you have to watch Singing in the Rain right after this. <laughs> Ugh,
0: I feel like I'm not – I feel like I shouldn't. No. Already. And, no. <laughs> no, I feel like that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> so uh, do you want to move on to Two Truths and a Lie or let's – Let's do it. Let's do it. Now that we're really down in the dumps. <laughs> <laughs> okay so though a director who we haven't even mentioned his name barry jenkins barry jenkins yeah is it jenkins wait is it jenkins Jen- no Jensen? it's jenkins you're right barry jenkins okay. barry jenkins said he didn't want so the three actors who played kevin and the three actors that played keep on wanting to call him little but i know that his actual name wasn't little Chiron. Oh. Chiron. So the three actors that played Chiron and the three actors that played Kevin, they weren't allowed to meet each other. They actually were purposely not allowed to meet or watch each other perform because he wanted them to come up with their own character, their own character development. Just, just That cause. just seems so impossible to me based on the performances. Right. But continue, continue that's one two most actors on this film it was their first time acting it's their first time on set their first acting job in general but there was one executive producer that really believed in this film who was a big time big time and that's Brad Pitt (laughs) (laughs) yep so that's two okay and then third this film took 96 days to shoot over a year and a half um, and that's because Barry wanted, he filmed it in acts, and he wanted the acts to be completely different, and everyone was so submerged, like we said, everyone was so exposed, that the crew and him and him, himself, all the actors, he really wanted it to feel like we were stepping into a, a new part, so there were breaks in between each act, so that the crew can almost like feel like they're being reintroduced to a different cool. experience. So that's the three. So, actors not meeting, Brad Pitt's an executive... Producer, <laughs> and the I'm so 96 to days. Don't you dare!
1: I know. I would never. Allison would catch me. Okay, so I again. I already said it. I find it very hard to believe that these actors didn't collaborate in some way about how the character would feel or what they would look like. Like I think. That's quite a feat. That could also be said for directing and casting, though, because if they know what it is, they can steer them in the right direction. So it's possible. It's possible. Two, I know Brad Pitt notoriously loves to put his name on things. He was a very similar supporter of 12 Years a Slave. Exec produced that, I think. He's exec produced a lot of other projects as well, so that could be true. Although I don't remember there being a lot of press about it at the time, which I feel like there may have been. And then the last one, that one kind of makes, sense to me and was oddly specific Mm -hmm. with 96 days which again might make it overcompensating it might make it a lie it might not so I think I am not nearly as sure or as confident as this answer as I have been in others but I think I'm going to go with number one is a lie they it's to true
0: no way yeah. yes so I'm sure there were people you know steering them in the right direction but Barry was kind of like read the script and I want you to come up with a character and mm-hmm. he just trusted in his cast and that they would which is crazy because the man was like everything was so on point for each age group. I would say less so for Kevin
1: I agree with you. I think young Kevin and teenage Kevin were very similar. He was the only one that
0: felt like the older Kevin.
1: Yeah, felt like not weak at all, like still a fantastic performance, but mm-hmm. felt a little disjointed, which which could have made sense when he was talking about going through stuff and having yeah. a kid too young and like that. I've seen that drastically change people. So it's not implausible, but I mm-hmm. think not as strong as the Chiron trio.
0: I feel like for Kevin, he lost some of his goofiness when he got older. Yeah. But chiron was the the looking down and not being able to make eye contact i feel like that was all in the script though so they must have gotten it from that Maybe. but yeah so the cast did not So get what's to, the
1: lie what's the lie The lie, lie is a... the
0: 96 days i just made uh, that in. i think yeah. they filmed it in 25 days or something like that they just shot it really really quick the whole thing they just banged it out to just be in that in
1: those locations and
0: yeah i think that jenkins spoke about how if i remember correctly over reading some articles this is based off of a play which is cool i think called moonlight but i don't think this play has ever had a or maybe it has had a theatrical release or not the actual release, a uh, stage performance. But it's based off of a play, but also it's like a collaboration of his life. Like I think Paula is based off of his own mother mm. and he grew up in Miami. So I, I think it's the two Yeah combinations. So I think yeah, they were in Miami and they just were like, Let's get this done. But um but yeah. Pretty I'm pretty good at this game now. <laughs> get you
1: with the ninety six days. <laughs> That's right. I every time I should know if there's an extra detail.
0: It's a pileable. Well, it's there to trick you. (laughs) I'm a little trickster.
1: Well, well done. Congratulations, I guess.
0: (laughs) We're gonna do musties. Yeah, we are. We're gonna must it up.
1: Musties, musties. The rating system we came up with where we rate things with mushrooms.
0: Les les mushrooms. I forgot how to say mushrooms.
1: Champignon.
0: No, cornichon's a. No. Cornichon's a pickle. What's a champignon? A champignon, there we go.
1: I just remember because we had a song in kindergarten when I was in French immersion that was called Je Suisse Pizza. What? Yeah. Je Suisse Pizza. Avec du fromage. Uh, what was the next part? Et le pepperoni, et le pepperoni. Champignon, champignon. <laughs> That's what it was.
0: So you did Frère Jacques, but to pizza.
1: Correct. <laughs> and, it, and it was a call and repeat, and everyone got to be a part of the pizza.
0: Why didn't you guys just do Frère Jacques? Because isn't that about, like, war and stuff? Yeah, it's like, Frédéric, are you sleeping? Frederick, are you sleeping? I don't remember what the word... It's something dark. Yeah, it is something dark, but all lullabies are dark or all like kid songs are dark <laughs> yeah from that you're time to... humpty you dumpty Bibles? sat yeah. on a wall humpty dumpty had a great fall and they what, couldn't put bring them back the together rosie?
1: again yes Ring around the rosie is all about the play about
0: um <laughs> the the guy who's sleeping with a book on his head and he doesn't wake up anymore this is a song about an old man who dies with a book on his face what was that one
1: i have no idea what you're talking um. about
0: <laughs> it's raining it's pouring the old man is snoring he went to bed All with right. a book on his head and he didn't wake up in the morning it's about a no, man we went to who... bed with a bump on his head oh i thought a book a bump no it's about concussions
1: like don't. oh well there the we chaotic. go
0: <laughs> it's even worse than i thought i thought he had a book no he had a bump on his head i thought and it was a bump.
1: now that i've said that with so much confidence well i, so I mean i don't know wrong. <laughs> god t- talking about how the education system needs an overhaul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Back. We we got this. We're back. We're, yeah, we're back, back into the musties where we're going to give it a rating. So yeah, let's do it. Those of you who've been here before, you know we're going to give it ratings from on the page, on the screen, and on the brain, which all have little subcategories within them. Allison, why don't you start us off with? your feelings about on the page
0: all right the plot this plot to me was very clear there was a journey there were acts it was there was no complaint in terms of a plot he had to go through his journey and he ended up in a different place that he started so i'm gonna give it a 10 character breakdown perfection 10 dialogue 10 i don't know there's no there was no honestly i really there's have nothing, missing, nothing missing in this film for me
1: yep I think I agree with you on most points. For plot, for me, I'm going to give it an eight because I've had this same criticism of other movies before where it's like, it's someone's life. It is the best version we've seen of that so far because Citizen Kane was that. I think that was the critique I gave it where I was like, it was just what happened in this person's life and what led them to A to B. I think it was much better executed and it was significantly more impactful and it was more important, but from like a baseline standpoint, it was still that. All right. I know. And then, but agree with you for character breakdown, that was a 10 for me. We knew everybody intimately and everyone served a purpose in the story. And same for dialogue. The fact that they got through all of that without any exposition. And sometimes there's a mistake in rating dialogue where you're going, oh, well, like the lines that were written, were they good? Were they bad? And it's like the lack of lines can also be good or bad. Where they chose to use silence Mm -hmm. also factors into dialogue because within a script, that is a choice. So for on the page, yours is a full 10. Mm -hmm. And mine is a 9.33. The next category we have is on the screen
0: production value so I get what you're I get what you're saying in terms of color and warmth and all that kind of stuff I feel like because the acting was so strong for me the production value wasn't as strong as the acting or the directing so I'll give it a nine just because I didn't feel like there was anything that was okay so when we're talking about 2001 a space odyssey there's just like moments where I'm like what did they do I didn't feel like that I also didn't feel like I was looking at it though so it was like close to perfect for what it was but I don't feel like they did anything that was just like revolutionary in a sense so that's where you're losing that one point for me but other than that it was really really perfect acting perfect I just okay the kids weren't as good as okay 9.5 just because yes like there were moments where I could see it but other than that I just, oh my gosh, Paula? The average, oh, I know. She was incredible. And I remember there being,
1: I remember there being a story that came out where she was offered the part and she turned it down because she did not want to perpetuate the stereotypes of black women in these circumstances and then kind of got a call from Barry Jenkins who was like no this was my mom like this is this is why this is important and it kind of changing her perspective and the power in not only her performance but also her ability to look at it and go I'm going to get this right yeah. It's not going to be a stereotype. It's Which going is to feel so important. So authentically real.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing that, you know, really, The Wire did that too. They, I felt like everything was very, not a stereotype, but really authentic to, I don't know if you've ever seen The Wire. It's an HBO, one of the first HBO series. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, Baltimore and about basically a, a few things that happen in Baltimore, but it really follows the storyline of a certain group of kids that are on the street. And yeah, they, they do a really good job of that as well. But she's uh, she's absolutely right, and, and I'm so glad that she did the role because she just really did it justice. I've loved her for
1: ages. She is such a versatile actress.
0: Ugh, she, I know she can do absolutely anything. She's. I just hope <sighs> that she works forever and ever and ever and ever, yes. ever and whatever
1: it is, I'm a, I'm gonna go watch it.
0: Yeah, directing, I would say it's perfect. I'm at Ten. I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, down to, you know, the the moments of the voiceover and then there was a still or a slow-mo of the person and you heard them speak and it was, it just showed the moments of, like, polarizing and fear and it was so good. It was so good. Yeah.
1: I, again, am in the same mindset that you are. I'm actually going to give production value a 10, having gotten to watch it a second time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really noticed the effort and the thought that went into absolutely everything. And that's down to the color that we talked about. It's down to the makeup, the aging, which we also talked about. Also, when he, poor um, Chiron was, like, beat and he had the cone up his nose and he had yeah. all the, the things on his face. I was like, I've seen a million people beat up on screen, you know, from action movies to whatever to... But it felt... It hurt me. I felt the pain that he was in. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was wonderful. in the use of, like, the ice water with the blood and, like... Uh, whoever sourced the vehicles whoever sourced the costumes like there was nothing for a second that took me out of this movie and I think that that goes to the crew and and the directing and just production as a whole Mm -hmm. acting and casting I agree with you 9.5 like I said the kids they weren't bad I hope that no one takes me I just there were a couple moments that felt like they were just maybe a little unsure yeah and maybe that was a design to make it feel authentic and make it feel real and not handing them exactly what they needed
0: Mm -hmm. But I
1: did notice it in comparison to the others. And then also directing for this gets a 10. The fact that those actors did not meet one another and discuss or get to watch each other perform and they still were able to veer them in the right direction. And then on top of that, edit through the camera and like have those, those artistic discussions. I felt like the director had a hand in everything, which I haven't really been able to identify in a lot of the movies we've watched. That's true. With the exception of Do the Right Thing, I think.
0: Yeah, that was very were, obvious. But I'm forgetting. Yeah.
1: But, but yeah, just very, I felt the director's hand in the success <laughs> of this film. And we are now onto the final category, which is On the Brain.
0: So On the Brain, suspending reality, suspended. Even to the point that like when he did get beat up at school, I covered my eyes and I didn't watch and I just cried because I felt like I was witnessing that as a, as a bystander and I there was nothing I could do. So I was suspended in there. I was. So I'm going to give it a 10. Emotional connection. Did I I just said I cur- I covered my eyes. <laughs> yeah. And I just cried during this podcast. So.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, you can't give it anything
1: else. Yes.
0: I give it a 10 because I was very emotionally connected. And when I found out that Juan died, I was so you're going to cry again. <laughs> I look at circumstances that I see other kids in and you just want to do better for them. And like I saw, I saw all of it in him and he didn't even say that but I knew it. Also, like, the kid who was his bully, I saw that he was going through the same stuff. Like, I knew. I knew that. It didn't have to be said, and we never saw it, but I just knew it. And so, yeah, Emotional Connection 10. Recommend. You know, here's the thing about Recommend is, like, I think I have to take into consideration what the person's going through. Is it a really important film to watch? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's an important film to watch for, like, teenagers as well. Like, I felt like this was a film, yeah, for adults, but this was more of a film for teenagers just to have a perspective of other people that are going through similar situations in different circumstances because, you know, identity crisis is something that you go through in high school 100% and to see that there could be other elements on top of it other than just having that identity crisis and wanting to figure it out I just think it's it's awesome so for teenagers one for sure but I would have to think about the person I'm recommending it to in a sense if that does that make sense just to be like I "I don't want you get triggered you know like the Amber Heard and and Johnny Depp trial just happened and like Mm -hmm. you know people were just watching it like whatever like it's like it was tv and I was just like dude like they're talking about some dark 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 things someone could be watching this and just you have no idea what they're going through so that's what i kind of feel like with this is like you don't know you don't know and it's so realistic so i would give it a nine just for or maybe even an eight for that but not because it wasn't a fantastic film but just because i would have to think about it a little bit the message 10 i think the message was 10 it made me think about all of these these really intense conversations that many many people are having a lot of experts are having and i'm just you know sitting there and watching them i'm not part of the conversation but it made me think about a lot of really intense you know homelessness drugs homophobia racism sexism it made me you know you were constantly getting all the messages left right and center yeah anyway yeah
1: so that's what i said i agree i think (laughs) for me suspending reality was also a 10 for all the reasons you said emotional connection as well i thought yeah there wasn't really anyone in this movie that i didn't care about.
0: Yeah. I even cared about his mom even though she was like quote unquote the villain. Yeah. Especially that scene between
1: them at the end of the movie. Yeah. Where she was trying to apologize, but it's like, how do you how can you possibly apologize? And that being very unspoken between the two of them was also wonderful. So I would also give it a ten. Recommend I'm on the same page as you where I think it, it's it is always tough when we talk about this too, where to recommend a film that is so serious and dives into these kinds of topics. Like it always it always breaks my heart when they would release things like the most popular movie in all of Canada this weekend. I remember for a while it was Cat in the Hat, and I was like huh? so upset and depressed. Where I was like, the mass majority of the population is seeking out pure entertainment. Don't have to use my brain. Mm. And it sometimes makes me a little bit sad because I do think there are people who, beyond what you said, would be triggered by it. There's also people who would watch it and be like, this was boring. What? You think? I do. I don't think people who I personally keep in my circle, but certainly I would have a discussion at a frat house party with a few people who would go, oh, yeah, Moonlight. I saw that. I didn't get it. It was really stupid. You don't think you'd have that conversation with someone? I think,
0: no. Well, like, there's a reason why, you know, there's a, how many... Uh, Fast and the Furious like people want people want to just like have fun they don't want to think you're right yeah so which doesn't mean I'm not going to recommend it to
1: them you know because yeah, I think, it's just it, so I think disappointing. it still is important to see yeah and I'm trying to think of all the movies we've watched so far if you could only recommend one mm what would it be? And that's an interesting way to look at it too.
0: I still think it would be do the right thing because I feel like there's um, more, like you're saying in terms of like, I guess uplifting, there's more moments like that in do the right thing. Yeah. So I feel like the the people who would be bored, which shame on you, but the people who would be bored would maybe get through do the right thing to the end. You know what I mean? And maybe get the message that way. I don't know. It's so
1: tricky. I don't know. Because I think if someone said to me, Hey, is Moonlight a good movie? Should I watch it? The answer would be yes. Yeah. So I think I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. And then for message, I agree with you, 10. There were so many. There were so many that also were like unspoken because it was personal messages. It was like looking inside. Like one of the lines I wrote down that Juan said to him is that you can't let someone make the decision of who you are for you. Yes. uh. And the idea that that can apply to literally every person on the planet. Yeah is so... In- it's such a gift. That's so incredible. Beyond all of the other things we've talked about, like systemic oppression and these cycles that people get trapped in. Yeah. Drug... Like, there were just beyond messages.
0: Yeah. I think about basketball diaries. I always think about basketball diaries because I felt like that was a shock. You know what I mean? Like, that was shocking. Maybe because I was so young when I saw it. But, like, I was beyond shocked when I saw that film because it felt like... It just felt like I was watching a naked man walk down the road. Do you know what I mean? I was like, what is happening? And there's a lot.
1: Yeah. Someone should do a count for how many times Allison has brought up basketball diaries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The basketball diaries was too much.
1: It needs one, too.
0: Yeah, it's true. I talk about Greece a lot, too. Oh, man.
1: But yeah, there wasn't – there was a message in here for everyone, I think, is my point, where it's 10 out of 10 in terms of, like, if you didn't get one message, you got another one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So where does that leave us? In oh, I don't think I did a sum up of the other category. On the screen, your average was a nine point five and mine was a nine point eight three. And for on the brain, your average was nine point five and mine was nine point seven five, which means the average of this film, yours overall was a nine point six seven and mine was a nine point six four, giving us an average of nine point six five, which I think makes it the highest rated It's a
0: right under do the right thing. No, is it? It's- Yeah, do the right thing is a nine point eight two. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it's the second highest rated film on our list. Do the right thing is first. Good place. Yeah, I think I I think it's a good one. So now for the Bechdel test. So it does not pass the Bechdel test. Now, as I was watching this, I was thinking the Bechdel test as we have discussed many times on this podcast, has been created to to expose gender equality, right?
1: Gen- yeah, gender inequality.
0: Yeah, I- yes, exactly. inequality in film. and it's like the reason why it's so it's such a simple test is because it's so simply not equal in a lot in a lot of yeah. films. Yeah. so I was thinking about it and I was thinking about how maybe that test does not apply to this film just because this isn't a film where necessarily I feel like women do need to be present since we're talking about homosexuality and we're talking about relationships between men, father figures, all that kind of stuff. There were women in the film and they were amazing, but it wasn't really about that. It was about, like the synopsis said, the exploration and self-discovery of a a boy into a man. So I did some research and... I found a different test that I feel like maybe we should apply to not just this film, but all the films. So before I go into the explanation of that, I just want to briefly just summarize kind of what the Bechtel test is just to remind people because you mentioned it if probably I don't know how many episodes back yes. now.
1: And there's always a link to a full explanation on YouTube yeah. listed in the episode description.
0: Yeah. So the Bechdel test was named after a woman named Allison Bechtel and she was a illustrator and a comic strip writer so she released a comic strip in the comic book or I, I think it was just an issue of Dykes to Watch Out For and this strip was kind of created because her friend and her were going to go to a movie or watch a movie, and that friend was named Liz Wallace, and she Liz Wallace said, "I don't watch a film unless there's two women in it," and so that's why she created this. It was a joke, and it turned into something that we kind of take seriously now. Yeah. So the three points of a Bechdel test is one: there has to be the original one. There it's it's evolved. So the original one is there has to be two women. They have to be named and they have to have a conversation about something other than a man in the film yeah and if you've been listening to this podcast many 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 films do not pass this test and it's kind of funny to be completely honest but you know yeah and I
1: think that's something we included because we are women so it's something that we notice where it's like it is annoying to go to a movie and not feel as though you are represented so that's why it was important for us to include it in our podcast Mm mm-hmm And Allison brought up a great point that there are also other things missing in movies that are important.
0: Yeah. So I think the Bechdel test is the most popular because it's been around for, you know, since 1985. But there has been a new test created in 2016 when this film came out. And it's called the DuVernay test. So the DuVernay test. So Ava DuVernay is the director of Salma, which is actually a film we're going to be watching in a few weeks. So it was named after her. So she didn't create the test. It was named after her, which she's actually pretty proud of. As she should be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she is very outspoken, and she's quite critical of the representation in Hollywood. And I'm just going to... This isn't a quote from her, but I did read an article. And basically, just like briefly, she does express that representation in film is not just representation. There needs to be... A commitment to cultivating a culture around belonging. So as I explain this test a little bit more, you'll understand what I mean by that. So rule number one is there needs to be complex characters. So there has to be two characters. They have to be people of color. Uh, They have to have no oh also they can't be in a relationship so two people of color not in a relation not in a relationship and, and that doesn't include like mother son right it's just romantic just romantic yeah okay romantic relationship and they have to have their own existing world and their entire purpose cannot be in relation to a white character if that makes sense. Yeah. Rule number two is the people must have names. These two people must have names. Similar. We're yes. familiar with that one. Yeah. And then rule number three is they have to have lines and they have to have a conversation in which they are not talking about a white character. So similar to the Bechtel test in the sense that, you know, names and have to have a conversation that's not about a man. So this, I feel like this test applies to this film because the like we mentioned, the whole cast is people of color. Some background was white, but other than that, it was not a film. It was in a film for the Citizen Canes of the world. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that it would be interesting to apply this test as well to some of our other films. And I think the only yeah. one that would pass is Do the Right Thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure.
1: Again, just having to do it with... Yeah. C- C- Citizen Kane. Seven Samurai as well.
0: Oh, Seven Samurai. Yes. Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai. Do the Right Thing. Uh, those are the only ones that pass. Yeah that test which uh, which is is also a a very important um, important test it's only been around since 2016 so let's make that one popular too
1: yeah and i'm really excited that that you brought that allison because i think that it goes to my ignorance showing where it's like yeah this part was really important to me because as a woman it's something that i notice and being able to bring in other topics that other people are experiencing and kind of go beyond my worlds I'm I'm really excited to do that
0: yeah also you know we can only make change within our 10 block radius that's kind of like the quote that people say that you really only are affecting change within your ten block radius, and whatever's going on in your world that you can fight towards is a good thing to fight fight for. And in your world, in the worlds that you and I have been brought up in, that has been I'm not Debbie Downing us or anything, has been quite sexist. And yeah. and you and I have have our own personal stories towards that ha- that are not pleasant. Yeah, it would be in the forefront of our minds because that's the thing that we're dealing with every single day. But that doesn't diminish. And like you said we should always be thinking about people in other circumstances but I'm not going to harp on us for not for not thinking about it right away it's yeah. the, it's the one that you know we're actively fighting towards every single day is to try to reduce the amount of douche canoes in our world
1: <laughs> that's one a nice douche, way of saying it one douche canoe one douche time. canoe
0: at a time <laughs> quote me <laughs> So, Kendra, who is your Day Player of the Day? Ooh, okay,
1: so I had a tough – I was choosing between two people. Okay. So I'm trying to predict what yours is.
0: Oh, I don't think you're going to. Okay, well, that's
1: Sometimes good. Sometimes I that's always good. think
0: that you and I are going to pick the same one, but this week I, mean, I feel like it's we're not. be different. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's fair. Okay, my then my choice for Day Player of the Day is Mr. Pierce, who is played by Edson Jean, mm. and he played the teacher – who was in the background kind of teaching class, trying to pull the students apart, trying to mediate what was going on. And I think, again, talk about a character who didn't have a whole lot, but I knew his life story from, you know, he was really committed to changing his neighborhood. I could imagine that he was in the same situation. And man, our teachers do so much or try their absolute best with very little resources to turn things around in people's lives. Because... You know, he was onto the bullying right away mm-hmm. in the classroom where he said something. He was like, no, that's enough. We're moving on. And, you know, obviously wasn't able to control it as well as we probably would have liked him to. There was still a really a, like a wealth of performance in that in that character. And a lot of it was just his voice. Like he wasn't on screen for some of it. And Mm -hmm. I just, it really resonated with me. And that was the first one that I wrote down and the one that I would ended up going with. So Edson
0: Jean, good damn job. Nice. So mine is the kid that played Tyrell. So Tyrell is the bully. Mm -hmm. And uh, his name is Patrick DeSile, I believe. That's how you pronounce his last name. So we said earlier i really felt like i i knew who this kid was and i didn't even fault him for bullying completely because i kind of felt like everyone was just brought up in the same environment and some kids are just you know what else was really interesting about this film they all were calling him like the f word before he even was sure what it was what yeah what it was and if he was Oh, that seemed broke my heart. And I was like, how is it him asking. That, yeah. How is it that, like, they all just knew, assumed, and called... Like, I was thinking to myself, do you think he naturally was, or was this something that he just took on, or, like, that's what I I was curious about? Did everyone just see it, and he didn't see it, or... I think anyone? that's what the
1: mom kind of insinuated when she was talking to Juan. That she
0: saw it, and... Yeah, that yeah. she was
1: like, you, you know, you've seen the way he
0: walks, which... She needed a nuggie at some point. But yes, so a lot of language that these kids were using were very interesting. And clearly they were learned, obviously, behaviors from other places. And I thought that I saw, I saw a lot in him. And he's done some shorts since this film, but he hasn't really, like, blossomed into doing multiple features and all that kind of stuff since. And I would like to send that energy out to him because I think he's really good, and I think he did a really good job. And that whole conversation that he had with Kevin of, like, hey, remember that game we used to play? And if, like, I call on you, are you going to knock him out? I just thought that that was really, really well executed, especially for a new actor. And uh, applause to Mr. Patrick.
1: Yes. Excellent choice. Yes. We all need that energy sometimes.
0: Yeah, I'm sending it to you. Sending you all of that booking energy. (laughs) And everyone listening, you send me that booking energy back. That's right. You better. You better. I'm going to give you a (laughs) (laughs) nuggy.
1: All right. So I think that about wraps us up for this episode. Yeah. Which was another heavy one, Mm -hmm. another really good one. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel better for having seen this movie, which is always a feeling that you want to come out of it with. And if you would like to watch the next movie with us, next week's episode is Some Like It Hot, which is a <laughs> Very <movie>. different. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah i think this one's gonna have some interesting uh lenses but uh it was released in 1959 Mm -hmm. and the storyline is two male musicians witness a mob hit they flee the state in an all-female band disguised as women but further complications set in cool yeah and marilyn monroe's in it she sure is. This is our first Marilyn Monroe appearance, mm-hmm. which considering how many films we've done from the 50s and 60s seems weird.
0: Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. Anyways, I don't I don't really know. I have never seen this film, so it's not like I can make any mm-hmm. predictions.
1: I weirdly have seen this film. Yes. Because this is one of my mom's favorites. Mm-hmm. So, we I watched it as a kid. So, I'm also really interested to see what questionable choices my parents made. <laughs>
0: To see if any of yeah. this is uh, not appropriate for that age, but we'll see. I just feel like the conversation around what's appropriate and what's inappropriate is just really different these days compared to what it used to be.
1: Very much so. Mm. And I also think there's like an onus on kids too, where it's like, there's lots of things I remember watching as a kid where I went, oh, this is so great and so wonderful, and then re-watched it as an adult and got all the adult jokes. So they also think there's something to be said for parents just weren't worried back then that the kids would pick up on the inappropriate things. <laughs>
0: I started watching Law and Order SVU at the tender age of seven. I wow. was <laughs> yes, I was very aware of a lot of. But I, the thing is, now I find Law and Order SVU to be like this, like soothing, calm lullaby. <laughs> I know that that's the wrong thing to say, but there's something about the formatting of Law and Order that just I it's psychologically. Damaged me. Mine was mine
1: was CSI. I actually recently was going through like old things because my parents were in the process of of moving, and I found my old diaries. (gasps) And let me tell you, CSI when I was that age changed my life. I wrote an entire paragraph about how wonderful CSI was. So wow. There you go. Which
0: one? The original one?
1: The OG, yeah, Las Vegas, not
0: not the Miami. Remember? No.
1: Wow! And he takes the
0: sunglasses off? <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Of course. So good. Yeah, so
0: no, good. not that one.
1: I like the female detective on that one, but – because they did a crossover.
0: Mm. Yes, CSI, I remember. CSI,
1: the original, had to go to Miami, and then that's how the spinoff happened.
0: hmm Wow. And there's another one, too. There was um, – How does one Criminal people? Minds.
1: Oh, my f- absolute favorite.
0: What's his name? The skinny, tall guy. That uh, my Matthew ul- Gray Gubbler. Yeah, my ultimate crush as a kid was that yep. model-esque looking man. Yep. And Accurate. still still is. No, that's not true. Still but is. he's No, he's... I think you'd be surprised dude he's like there's something about a very tall slender man that I don't understand but I I mean (laughs) none of you have seen Sean but he's a very tall slender man with gorgeous eyes we'll post a picture of Sean beautiful Uh, freckles on
1: this episode's Instagram post I know
0: I was saying to Sean like these people are gonna know you more than they know me (laughs) talk about you so often right, well guys I have to say thank you again so much for listening to the podcast you guys are awesome please on sending us movie suggestions we love to hear from you and some feedback has just been really really good like some people have been giving us some really good feedback on how to improve and we love that so thank you so much and if you ever decide to follow us on instagram where should they go kendra it's
1: simple just unseen musties at unseen musties on Instagram. And if you want to email us questions, concerns, if you're bored, we are at unseen musties at gmail.com. You can do that too.
0: Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Love the support. You know, make sure you do your homework, eat your lunch, and come straight home. And go watch movies. You better watch your movies or else I'm going to give you a nuddy right in the caboose. <laughs> 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 Okay, bye, All guys. Right. Bye.